Welcome to Saatchi Wellcast, a pharma, health, and wellness podcast from Saatchi and Saatchi Wellness. From the Medical Strategy Department, I'm your host, Paul Monis. When you think about cancer immunotherapy, what comes to mind? We have personalization in almost every other aspect of our lives, and finally medicine is reaching that point. With immunotherapy, we're starting to see real breakthroughs in the way companies and people treat their diseases. There's a lot of hope that this could be a very promising direction for cancer treatment. At the same time, I hear a lot of doubt from some of the doctors, so that makes me think that we're not quite there yet in terms of this being a viable option for many types of cancer. People don't just love these products for their efficacy. I think they love the idea of what these therapies represent, the ability to treat cancer, targeting the host immune system, helping to take the breaks off the immune system and let the patient's body do some of the fighting. Cancer immunotherapy is among the great modern medical breakthroughs. In particular, the PD-1L1 class has inspired great enthusiasm but the hype may be cooling a bit. This July, we saw two clinical trials report negative results in the span of just three days. Keynote 040 looked at pembrolizumab monotherapy versus standard chemotherapy in recurrent metastatic head and neck cancer. On July 24th, preliminary results showed no benefit over chemo. Interestingly, this contrasts with the Checkmate 141 trial, of nivolumab, which last year showed a 2.4-month overall survival benefit over chemo. Pembro will keep its fast-track approval, though, for now at least. Three days later saw negative results in lung cancer. The MYSTIC trial examined dual pdl one CTLA-4 therapy of duveralumab and tremolimumab in high pdl one and EGFR or ALK-mutated non-small cell lung cancer. Data released on July 27th showed no improvement in progression-free survival over standard care. Two co-primary overall survival endpoints are still being assessed. Clearly, we have much to learn about this treatment class, including clinical differences between agents, where they fit in the algorithm, and how to identify appropriate patients for treatment. But what are the perceptions of practicing physicians? We connected with a panel of oncologists during the 2016 American Society of Clinical Oncology meeting. We gathered their insights using our innovative mobile technology platform called Insight On Demand. Here are a few highlights. I think that they're going to be adopted very, very quickly. So immunotherapy um, uh, in comparison to chemotherapy is, is showing uh, perhaps a better efficacy and, um, and perhaps a better tolerability. Um, but I see they're being incorporated in first-line therapy, first-line treatment regimens uh, very quickly, and uh, anticipate uh, that they will uh, become. Uh, certainly, if not the standard of care, one of the standards of care uh, in treating uh, various cancers. It's not clear whether combination uh, treatment with chemotherapy and immunotherapy uh, will be superior to sequential treatment. We also don't have data on how to treat patients who have received uh, immunotherapy and then progress. Um, should they be uh, retreated? Uh, should they be treated with another uh, immunotherapy agent? Should they receive chemotherapy? There are quite a few uh, different uh, immuno-oncology agents on the market now. Um, how they compare with each other is uh, 
has not been clearly defined. It does appear, you know, at least uh, uh, currently, that um, you know certain agents uh, have more similarities and differences, but with a trend toward increased toxicity with the anti pdl one agents. As as with any good science, uh, as one question gets answered, more questions are, are raised. At this time, there is no specific uh, drug that's like secretariat or outlining the field. We are way too early now in immunotherapy. The patient selection has been poor. The uh, responses uh, does not correlate with uh, overall survival and improvement in functionality. The adjuvant setting, uh, there's no role to play for PD-1 or PD-L1. There is certainly no difference in stage uh, 0, 1, and 2 uh, or 3A when using these agents. And so right now, chemotherapy is the way to go. And remember that response rate to these agents is in the neighborhood of one in four. And it is not as if everyone is going to respond to this treatment. This is nowhere near like penicillin for strep throat. Cost is a major factor. Um, certainly, uh, immunotherapy seems to have a role to play, uh, but I think it has to be better defined. I see no good reason to believe that oncologists will, including me, will not use these agents in first-line setting. It's a little bit scary to some degree. I already see some progression after immunotherapy drugs that patients started a year ago or earlier, and progressions appear to be relatively quick, and disease appears to be fairly resistant. but. tolerability profile still very hard to beat. I'm sure that there will come a time when we'll actually have to figure out how to sequence these uh, immunotherapies. There is also combination immunotherapies in the frontline setting, which I saw in this uh, year's ASCO. Um, so it's really hard to say how the landscape would play out for uh, just um, looking at it in June of 2016. Several physicians acknowledge limitations of the immunotherapies as well as several unanswered questions around their proper use. However, the overall tone was bullish on their role in the treatment of NSCLC and other cancers. The short answer is, more data is needed. Further insight into optimal combinations, proper therapy sequence, and improved patient selection will help physicians get the most out of these revolutionary therapies. Thank you for joining us on our first episode of Saatchi Wellcast. If you have any questions or comments, or would like to learn more about us or our Insight On Demand platform, please contact us at insights at sachiwellness.com. Goodbye for now.